You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission, transforming all things, and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit votr.church. So fun. I love the reindeer that was getting some food up here in the front. That was was probably my favorite part. Got overshadowed a little bit on uh, Way in a Manger, but that was definitely my favorite part. Such a fun moment, and we love having kids involved in our church, and like Terry said, we're just honored to serve and to love on your kids every weekend, so thankful that that could be part of our Christmas Eve service as well. If we've never met before, I'm Jeff, I'm the lead pastor here at the Vineyard Church, and before we begin, I just want to take a moment and welcome everyone on the live stream. I have talking with some of you, you've been texting me, I know for a variety of reasons, some of you couldn't make it this afternoon, but we're so thankful that you're tuning in and spending part of your Christmas Eve with us and pray blessings on you and your family as well. As the kids are getting settled back in and finding their little goodie bags, I want to remind everyone that if you call the Vineyard Church your home church and you want to make a year-end gift or donation, that all of those have to be postmarked by December 31st, or you can give them online by the end of the year. And then an important announcement for all of us Uh, Just a reminder, really, that we are online only on New Year's Day. We're online only on New Year's Day. It'll be a special service together, but online only. And then, of course, we'll be back in person on January 8th. Well, as you could probably guess, I love this time of year. This is one of my favorite times of the year. As a pastor, I love gathering tons of folks and celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ together. And this has become one of my favorite traditions that we get to spend about an hour together worshiping and reflecting and remembering the birth of Christ. And I realize that we all probably have a variety of different Christmas traditions. Some of us have baked cookies with our grandmas, the specific kind of way and a specific kind of cookie for years and years and years. Maybe you've watched a special Christmas movie or you've decorated the house in a particular kind of way. And for some of us, One of our traditions is how we get to open presents, or maybe most importantly, when we get to open presents. Like some of us are Christmas Eve folks, right? You are also all the families that hope I keep this relatively short tonight, because you got to get home to the goods, right? Like the goods are waiting, and I promise to keep it relatively short. But a little window into the Faust family, we're not that great at keeping traditions, We've realized over the years that we're actually a lot better at starting traditions than we are sustaining traditions. (laughs) We're really good starters, but we're not always great at sustaining traditions. When we first moved to Colorado from the Midwest, we thought, okay, now is our chance. We don't live in boring Iowa anymore. Like we've moved to Colorado on Christmas day, we're going to do a Christmas hike. That's going to be our family tradition. Like, we are going to enjoy the beauty where God has called us to lead, and so we're going to do a Christmas hike on Christmas Day. And that lasted all but two years. (laughs) Because we realized, as mom and dad, the ones who actually get to control how we do our traditions, that we would rather drink coffee and eat bacon. (laughs) Right? And then as we started, like as we had two daughters and they started growing up, I realized that part of being a dad is like putting tons of pieces together for that dollhouse the night before Christmas so that everything is ready for everyone to open up the day before. And we just realized, you know what? Sleep is a godly gift. We should embrace (laughs) two years. That lasted two years. We tried creating a tradition of watching a really funny 
a really sweet movie called The Star. It's a cartoon version of a small but brave donkey named Bo, who against all odds and fighting through all obstacles, he and his friends land at the nativity scene to experience the birth of Christ. You can tell I've watched this a few times. This tradition has now lasted three years. So maybe something's working here. I'm not exactly sure. But the current tradition, the one that I feel like has traction to last, is that right now at the Faust house, we have a prime rib cooking. And when we get home from all the Christmas Eve celebrations, we put on Christmas PJs and we eat a prime rib. There's nothing like celebrating and remembering the birth of Christ than stuffing your mouth with red meat until you can't move. I love, love, love this time of year. I love the family traditions that we all get to experience, and I love the faith traditions. You know, right now, all over Fort Collins, Right now, all over our nation and really all over the world at various times throughout the day, there are millions of people gathering and doing what we're doing right here and right now. They're taking a time to worship together, to hear a short message, and to celebrate the birth of Christ. No matter what your family traditions are, as a spiritual family together, we have this one thing in common, that Christmas is a time to celebrate and remember the birth of Jesus. And so tonight, I want to read a Christmas passage for you all. It's not from the birth story. It's actually from 700 years before the birth of Christ. It's in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, and it was a promise written to the people of God, but not fulfilled until the day Christ was born. This will be a familiar verse for some, and for others, it'll be the first time you've ever heard it. And I love that at the vineyard, we always have a room filled with both. Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. 700 years before Christ was born, this promise was made to God's people, and it's still our promise today that in and through Jesus, we can experience God as our wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9 is a famous and traditional Christmas passage, but what's a little less famous or a a little less traditional is to read the verses that come right before Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, which has always been interesting to me because it's all part of the same promise. It's all part of the same passage in the book of Isaiah. We just usually read two verses instead of six this time of year. And so what I want to do is I want to read some phrases from the previous four verses, because I think it really helps draw out the gravity of this promise that was given to us in the book of Isaiah. I'll still focus on the traditional passage, but I want to point out some of the context of when this promise was spoken to God's people. Let's back up to verse 2, where it begins by saying, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. 
Verse 3, the people will rejoice like on the days of harvest or when warriors win a great battle. Verse 4, for you, O God, will break the yoke of slavery and lift the heavy burdens from their shoulders. And verse 5, the boots and uniforms of the soldiers will be burned and used as fuel for the fire. And why can all of this be true? Why can all of these promises be given to us? Why will light break through the darkness? Where will the joy come from? Joy that's similar to when your storehouses are filled with food or warriors win a great battle. How will the yoke of slavery and heavy burdens of life be lifted off our shoulders? And why can the soldiers discard their uniforms forever? Using them as fuel in the fire is because of verse 6. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The people of Isaiah's day, 700 years before the birth of Christ, the people of his day were experiencing darkness and oppression, slavery, and they were being ruled by massive armies who had invaded their land. And they were desperate for God to do something to set them free. 700 years later, when Jesus was born, he was born into an oppressed land. He was born into, into poverty, forgotten by many except a few shepherds and wise men who traveled from a distant land. He was hidden in a manger for hardly anyone to see. And he was born into a dark world. But the light of Christ began to shine. And now... Still to this day, some 2,000 years later, we are still in need of his eternal light. We still need his peace. We still need to be set free. We still need the heavy burdens lifted off of our shoulders. And we still need the light of Christ to eliminate any darkness that may be found in our hearts, in our lives, or in the world around us. For unto us a child is born which also means for unto you a child is born. You can experience his light. You can rejoice today at his coming. You can have the heavy burdens you're experiencing in life lifted from your shoulders, and you can experience the prince of peace. You know, with every Christmas, we always get an opportunity to do something for the first time. There's always something new that comes with every year and with every Christmas. Even if you've been sitting in these exact seats for 40 years and joining us for Christmas Eve services at the vineyard, every Christmas can be a first for something. The first Christmas as a grandparent. The first Christmas with everyone home. The first Christmas as a dating couple or a married couple. The first in a new home or with a new tradition. Or the first as a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister or an uncle or an aunt. And it could be even your first time here at the vineyard or your first time exploring faith in Jesus Christ. Whatever the first is for you, this time of year always allows those things to rise to the surface. And my prayer and my hope for you is that to some degree, in some way or another, that this could be the first Christmas where you experience Jesus in a new kind of way. Maybe you experience his light in a part of your heart that has felt dark for far too long. 
Maybe it's the first time you'll experience the joy of the Lord, the joy in a community of believers gathered together. Maybe it's the first time you'll experience freedom because through God's power, he can lift heavy burdens off of your shoulders. Maybe it's the first time you'll experience the Prince of Peace where the rest of your life has just been riddled with anxiety, stress, anger, or pain. And before you try to disqualify yourself, or hide the very part of your heart that needs the life and light of Christ the very most, let me remind you that Christ came for everyone. That Christmas can be for anyone. That's why he came in the first place, to redeem and reconcile all things to the Father. He came to shine brightest when everything seems dark. That means there is nothing you can do that will separate you from the love of God. Nothing you can do that will separate you from the love of God. His passion is what brought him here, and it's love that will rescue you. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. The light of the world born into our darkness. The light of Christ given as a gift for you. I hope and I pray you'll experience this for the first time this Christmas, and I hope and I pray that you'll experience God in a new way with us. All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask. It says, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. So all you have to do to experience these things right from the hand of God is ask. God, give me your wise counsel. Let me experience your power. Adopt me into your family. Give me peace where I've only known anxiety or stress. He was born into our world so that through him and by him, you might experience God. All you have to do is ask. This is what Christmas can be for all of us. And I know this can be the Christmas that God has for you. Let's pray together.